I don't see anything. Tap your implant, dummy. Oh, wow, look at everyone. Hello, everyone. We're speaking to you from the future. This is not a reunion, it's an emergency. And we haven't seen these people in like a thousand years. You've never seen these people. You've never even met them thanks to your protocol violation, which... Yeah, about that. You're probably wondering how we ended up in the future. Long story short, back in 2080, we cryofroze ourselves and woke up in the year 3020. They zapped away our wrinkles and our diseases. And they gave us these sweet coats. Man, the future is crazy. I know you nerds are excited, but you have to understand, you no longer exist. Apparently, our past selves were annihilated, our time streams were unstitched, and our friends and family were scattered throughout space and time. Sorry about that. <laughs> we need you to restitch our broken time streams and rematerialize us in the past. Help us. You're our only hope. Feeling lost? Then you're in the right place. I'm Christopher Robinson. And I'm Amanda Knox. And yes, season two is still on the way. But in the meantime, here's another special bonus episode of, of Labyrinths. That insanity you just heard was from a video we played at the start of our wedding ceremony. We got married on February 29th, Leap Day, 2020. It was a themed wedding and <laughs> a complicated one. But in a word, time travel. Little did we know, time was about to stop. A week later, the world shut down due to the pandemic. In the words of our friend Jake, who served as our sci-fi officiant. Seriously, the greatest party I've ever been to, followed by the most traumatic year I've ever been through. Oh. So, no, 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 it's like, it's like spice in the sweet, right? Like the party seems even better because of just of all the crap that came afterwards. <laughs> the last fun thing. Yeah, literally. We've been tight-lipped about our wacky wedding, but coming up on our one-year anniversary, we've decided to tell you all about it for a couple of reasons. We spent over a year planning this event, which was basically a one-night interactive theatrical performance for our friends and family, like stepping inside an episode of Doctor Who. Like the whole spectacle of like your script and the music and the, I mean, it was a full three-hour show, <laughs> just the actual wedding part, so. That's my friend Madison. Here's Chris's brother, Kyle. The people that were sitting in that audience because that's what it was. It wasn't your wedding gathering. It was an audience. And like the show was the precursor to the reception, which was also a part of the show, but was interactive <laughs> where everyone has to get involved to help figure out the thing. The amount of people moving behind the scenes, the amount of prep work that has to go into it. I mean, you guys had special effects, right? <laughs> like... <laughs> it was a lot of fun, a lot of work, and the most ambitious creative project we've ever done together. We're proud of it. And we're so lucky to have slid in under the wire just before the pandemic hit. And lastly, we could not have pulled it off without the help of a lot of people, many of them kind strangers. And we wanna shout them out. And to give you a little taste of what it was like, we'll be sharing some photos. But to see them, you'll have to solve puzzles 
just like the guests at our wedding did in order to help us seal the deal. But honestly, if you've thrown a wedding, you know that it goes by like that. So to help jog our own memories, we called up some friends and family to hear what it was like from their perspective. Like someone like found a box and opened this portal and people from all these different time periods came together to just like, I guess we're having a celebration. So yeah, obviously just the costumes stand out. Seeing people actually get to interact with the games and having seen you guys work literally for over a year on them, that was really satisfying just to be like, oh my God, it's working. People <laughs> like this. Woo. Yeah. What was the most out there element? What was the weirdest thing? There's all completely weird. It was, <laughs> <laughs> it was I don't even know. Uh, there was a video of you guys talking from one time period and then like disappearing and all of us need to solve these games to make you guys come back. And then like the ceremony starts and there's a fog machine and you guys are in these cocoon thingies that you each have your own and you come out of. And then like your family has to, your poor, hilarious family. If I was going to tell a stranger one thing about the wedding, man. Yeah, how do you encapsulate it? <laughs> like The pods, I think. Hmm. They were the centerpiece on the stage. Once you guys came out of them, they were still there. And they stayed there the whole night. The band played around them. And Jimmy, he did such a phenomenal job making those pods, doing the things that they needed to do. Yeah. Glow from the inside with black light and strobe and mm -hmm. smoke. And that you guys stepped out of these cryopods <laughs> in like your amazing homemade cyberpunk style outfits in white and gold. Yeah. So our costumes, we designed and fabricated them ourselves. Chris made a special gold-flaked cane that illuminated when he picked it up with a magnet ring he wore. I added the gold Tron-style pattern to his white suit, and I sewed his cloak, his vest, and my bodice from scratch with a skirt donated from Bellevue Bridal, who were so kind to me and my bridesmaids. I mean, that's kind of the effort that we put into everything, though, right? Like, yeah. we don't do anything half-assed. If you're going to do something, you full-ass it, right? Like, <laughs> <laughs> You full-ass it and then some. Yeah. You find yeah. someone else's ass. <laughs> yeah, you got to have multiple asses yeah. worth of effort. You only get one shot, you know? Yeah. It's true. Do not miss your chance to blow. Mom spaghetti. <laughs> Mom spaghetti. <laughs> Okay, maybe we should back up a bit. I guess it's fitting to jump around in time somewhat, but how did this start? Why a sci-fi wedding? Well, uh, the first time we met, we watched Star Trek together. We're both huge nerds. I think one of like the first get-togethers we went to was a costume party, your brother's birthday. We've done a lot of those since then. And then, of course, there was the whole proposal thing, which people can listen to that in the last episode, right? In detail, the concept was basically, in the future, we visited the Galactic Library and looked ourselves up, which you're not supposed to do. It ended up fracturing our past timelines and made it so that we never met. And it scattered all our friends and family throughout space and time. But the fail-safe backup system in the library sent a data crystal back in time to help restitch our timelines. That was the meteorite that landed in the backyard during my proposal. And the Galactic Library tech support created a bubble outside of space and time and gathered all our friends and family there to help fix us back up. 
<laughs> yeah, it's uh, it's a bit much. <laughs> <laughs> we conveyed the outlines of the story to the guests in our invitations, which were actually thank you cards from the future, thanking them for attending and explaining to them that they had been scattered throughout these different time periods and that they should dress for whatever fancy looked like from the time and place they were now from. And our guests did not disappoint. <laughs> Jordan always stuck out in my mind. Hmm. Like he really went for it, like the old school Scottish kilt, but like the new school cyberpunk thing. Like, yeah. I really love that one. Oh, there's the guy that was the Tyrannosaurus Rex. I mean, <laughs> he was probably very hot. Who's ever been to a wedding where you saw a blow up dinosaur dancing? Probably if I just like close my eyes and think of the wedding, I just see two T-Rexes above a sea full of people from like every time period, every expression of weird things you can imagine. That just solidified it to me. The happy, <laughs> happy dancing T-Rexes with like someone from the French Revolution. It was just like such a hodgepodge. I felt like I was in a really weird community episode. Everybody got creative with it. People really brought their A-game yeah. with their costumes. Yeah, from Prohibition era to yeah. the inflatable dinosaur costumes to yeah. <laughs> uh, even the people that I think initially had some reservations about dressing up really got into it. Yeah. Even our parents. And I think the most amazing thing the is that- thing. <laughs> The craziest thing. Yeah, I think the craziest thing <laughs> was that you guys inspired everybody. And then I got really drunk. I don't remember a lot. <laughs> at a certain point. I do recall how you were one of the most dressed going into <laughs> the wedding, and you ended up being one of the least dressed. <laughs> yeah, that those dresses are heavy. They those are. Those dresses are really heavy. Yeah, Marie Antoinette, yeah. they were not partying down yeah. like you were partying down. The planning for this event was nuts. We spent over a year on it, and in the middle of it, we got an invitation from the Italy Innocence Project. I've been thinking about returning to Italy for, gosh, as long as I had not been in Italy. And it always seemed like this impossible task. So when the Italy Innocence Project told me that they were going to be holding their first ever event in Modena and that the key issue they were going to be talking about was media representation. Media. In, yeah. And they were inviting me to come speak about my experience there. I thought that there were no better auspices than that. Yeah, it was kind of something we couldn't turn down. Even though it was right in the middle of our wedding planning phase the summer before this was all set to happen. The whole return to Italy trip is another story for another time. But what's relevant here is that not only did it eat into our planning time, but it drained our savings. So we decided to do the increasingly common thing among millennial couples and just have a cash registry. You know, we didn't need toasters or dishware or tablecloths. What do people give people at weddings? I don't know. So we said, hey, if you want to get us a wedding gift, how about you contribute to this awesome party that we're throwing? And, you know, frankly, we should have expected it. The tabloids found our registry page and they sent it out to the world not us, and then claimed that we were begging strangers for money, which was not true. It was not cool. It was pretty vile, honestly. Tabloid after tabloid distorted the truth and then shamed us for it. It was kind of relentless for a month there in the summer. I mean, we had shared the story of our wedding to the world, but we had not begged a bunch of random strangers to be involved. 
If anything, we were just really excited about the story. What sort of is a weird silver lining to all of this is that a lot of people not only were inspired by the story that we wrote, but they were also engaged by all of that hate coming at us. Mm. Like a lot of people felt bad for us. And so they actually contributed to the registry. And others offered to help out with our crazy sci-fi event in whatever way they could. Yeah, really, we were just shocked by the amount of love that came our way. This winemaker in Washington, Todd Alexander, who makes Holocene wines, he offered to give us wine for the wedding for free. We owe him such a debt of gratitude. If you're looking for a great Pinot Noir, check out Holocene Winery. Seriously, great wines. Oh my God, so good. A company called Flash Photo Booth Seattle offered their services for free as well. They were amazing. Great takeaway gifts for our guests. Totally. And the local Elks Lodge, where we held the event, gave us a great deal on renting out their ballroom for an entire week. Most wedding venues, it's like in by 4 p.m., out by midnight. And we had this space for a week. And we were able, in that week, to transform it utterly from an Elks Lodge into a weird bubble outside of space and time with all of our sets and props and Speaking of sets and props, we would be remiss if we didn't talk about Jimmy Guercy, who made the props and the costumes for this sci-fi film called Prospect, and then who offered to help lend us his foam core mastery to build our props. So he was the mastermind behind the time tunnel that the guests entered through, the sandfather clock, this massive 14-foot-tall grandfather clock with a lumen glass, spidery electrical clock face that our officiant Jake emerged from, and these amazing rematerializing canisters that we emerged from on stage. We'll Well, get to that. (laughs) (laughs) A woman named Donnell who runs Pompeii Wood-Fired Pizza offered to cater our party for basically the cost of ingredients. She was so kind. And the pizza, oh man, as Jake put it. That pizza was dope. They just tasted fantastic. It was really brightly colored too, like blue and green. It was like a galactic nebula swirl. Yeah, yeah. Galaxy swirl pizza. Nobody wants or needs negative energy in the lead up to a wedding. And we were being flooded with it by media. All these people really counteracted that. But even more than that, there were just hundreds of people who sent us nice messages of love and hope. Or people who basically pre-ordered a copy of our book of love poems, The Cardio Tesseract, which we published the day of the wedding. Speaking of The Cardio Tesseract, How about we give them our first puzzle? Totally. If you want to see photos of this crazy event, you have to solve two puzzles. The first is based around our Book of Love poems. We read two poems from the Cardio Tesseract in our last bonus episode, the Valentine's special. You can also find images of these poems on my Instagram, at Amama Knox. These two poems are very different, but are connected by a five-letter word that appears in both poems. The word is also the answer to this question. When is love easy? Find that five-letter word to answer the first puzzle. And coming right up, we'll take you through what actually happened on Leap Day 2020, starting with something really, really shitty. Bum, bum, bum. (laughs) 
The week leading up to our wedding, we were as stressed as you could be. We had to completely transform the Elks Lodge into a space-time bubble. We had to install the time tunnel that guests would enter through, complete with fog machines and lights. We had four different bars in the venue, each from different time periods. So oh, man. a Roman bar serving wine, a Viking bar serving mead and beer, a 1920s bar with cocktails, and a future bar with alien appetizers. We had to get the canisters working, test out our film elements and sound effects, and rehearse the script. I mean, we had like a 30-page script that we had to memorize. You guys were taking on so much, and it was so stressful. Like, I remember that I was hanging out with you most of the time, Crab, and you were just, like, exhausted after a certain point. And why wouldn't you be? It was like you were running a marathon. And if that wasn't stressful enough, two days before Leap Day, the paparazzi found out where we were having the wedding. I think the paparazzi thing, that was the only, like— thing that actually detracted from the experience a little bit because I appreciate what it would have meant for you guys to have anyone get in. And I definitely found myself going into a little bit of like looking over my shoulder mode all yeah. the time. There was like that cloud over the whole experience. Middle of being part of the greatest party ever, like the last costume party maybe I'll ever be in. Who knows? I've never had someone like trying to like potentially follow me or, you know, yeah. like watching me like I am in a tabloid in England in the Daily Mail as man carrying ice. (laughs) And I was like, yes, that is the one for me. Like, yeah, that is is about as much fame as I want to have in my life. Yeah, I wouldn't want another man carrying ice than you, Jake. We laugh about it now, but seriously, I was having panic attacks of all the trauma that I've had in the events from Italy, the tabloid press is just as bad as the memories of prison. We didn't want them invading our lives, taking photos without our consent, and profiting off of shaming us, which is what they'd done the summer leading up to the wedding. So at the very last minute, we had to figure out security. We had to create a wristband system to make sure there weren't any uninvited guests sneaking in because everyone was in costume. It was like if anyone put a wig on, they would have been able to sneak sneak in. in. So we asked our guests to go through that process and then give away their phones into a (laughs) bin at the door so no one would be taking unauthorized photos. And then during the actual ceremony from the stage, I saw a side door to the ballroom open. And I panicked. It turned out it was just one of the bartenders trying to cool the room down. But, you know, that panic was in our heads. It was such a cruel thing to have to deal with, to do to us on that day of all days. So to the paparazzi who showed up outside the Elks Lodge and sold photos of our guests to the Daily Mail, to TMZ, I really hope you examine your life choices and understand that you cause suffering by doing that work. And I hope you stop. But we're always looking for silver linings, and there's even one here. With all the extra security measures, with all the phones locked in bins, everyone was super present. Nobody was staring at a screen. It just went off with, I was like, the best party ever. Like, literally, I don't don't think you're going to top that one. And if you do, that'd be cool. Okay, so what actually happened? Guests were entering through the time tunnel. 
The entryway, oh my goodness, coming in through the tunnel. They were mingling, getting drinks at the various bars. Then, as the ceremony began, the video from the future that you heard a bit of at the top of this episode played. The curtain went up, revealing the two metallic rematerializing canisters, and Jake, Galactic Library tech support, emerged from the Sandfather clock and called our families up on stage to put their hands on these little hand scanners and give their DNA profiles to the canisters. A little wobbly, a little whir, a little clatter, some black lights and strobe lights, fog machines streaming out of the top of the canisters, and we emerge. (laughs) Coughing and confused. (laughs) (laughs) And my mom was totally down for the insanity of it. And I love her for that. I was kind of a non-traditionalist. I was a little bit of a rebel. I didn't feel like I needed to be given away by anybody. I didn't belong to anybody. I was going through a real feminist moment there. And so I was happy to just do something crazy with you guys. Jake flipped through the time stream repair manual. It was his first ever time stream restitching event. He was kind of a half incompetent Intentionally so. (laughs) Bumbling. Yeah, we we scripted him to be a sort of bumbling repair technician. And he declared that it was time for ritual combat. (laughs) Of course, no way. That's not our vibe. We don't fight each other. So instead of forcing us into that engagement, he let us choose champions to fight for us. And lo and behold, Chris's brother Kyle and his wife Layla are expert sword fighters. So we just handed them the lightsabers and told them to take it away. (laughs) This was actually something I was really worried about because just the day before in rehearsal, Kyle threw his back out. Oh, yeah, that sucked. (laughs) I turned around and all of a sudden you're on the ground and moaning and I'm like, oh, no. (laughs) Get it together, man. Yeah, get it together. (laughs) You owe me a lightsaber battle. (laughs) The duel ended in a tie. You'll see pictures of this lightsaber fight if you solve the puzzles. A few more wacky things happened during the ceremony. And then we got to the vows. I think my my favorite memory is talking with Deanna ahead of time about how I was going to cry during the ceremony and (laughs) then looking at her and Layla standing next to her and Layla mouthing, keep it together. (laughs) And then that made me burst into tears. No. I was just like, nope, can't do it. (laughs) When you guys in rehearsal had skipped over all of the vows. You were like, mm, vows, right. vows, vows. I had read both of your vows separately and mm. I cried while reading the vows too. <laughs> and you know, Cause like you both were like, is this gonna be good enough? And like trying to one up each other in love or something. In all the insanity, what was strangely the most traditional or? Your vows. Hmm. Only in that like, I didn't know if you would let there be a moment of normalcy, like, which is totally fine. But I kind of thought it's possible that they're going to also do this in a really weird way or they're going to, like, make each other play a puzzle to find the vows from each <laughs> right. other or it's going to be done in, like, Latin or you're going to do yours in Italian and he has to prove he loves you by understanding or something. Um, <laughs> ah, that would have been good. <laughs> and, and so, your, like, your vows weren't traditional in that they were way better written than a lot of people's vows, um, really thoughtful. And I really appreciated that amongst all that 
beautiful weirdness. I totally cried during your vows, and most people were sniffling, so there's actually this true romantic touching moment. Do you want to give them a snippet of our vows? Yeah, okay. Let me see. You're not going to get it all, but here's a little chunk. I will learn from you the secrets of radical kindness. I will learn when to stop seeking an answer and to kiss your cheek. I will learn, in fine, come parlare in italiano, come un madrelingua, o almeno come un prigionero. I will learn how to find you when you're lost in your own private darkness. I will learn to call out to you when I'm lost in mine. No, that's so good. Your turn. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, okay. Once, when we were sitting on our couch together, quietly working on our laptops, you said to me, even if nothing else we're working on ever pans out, we have this. There has been so much uncertainty in our lives. This certainty is enough. Every day, always, forever, I choose you. No, okay, <laughs> not crying, moving along. <laughs> After that, our officiant Jake told us to seal our fusion with our faces. So we kissed. Woo! And everyone cheered. But, according to the script, it didn't work. Jake took out a scanner looking for love particles and said, no, unfortunately, we were still hypothetical. Like Marty McFly in Back to the Future. Our timelines had not yet been repaired. And this my friends, is where the puzzles came in. So Jake left through the sandfather clock, handed the manual off to the groomsmen, and they figured out that in order to finish repairing our broken time streams, all the guests had to complete a series of puzzles. Puzzles on every table, and each of those puzzles was centered around the people that were sitting at that table, like their knowledge of you guys. That was the craziest thing. Mm. <laughs> Every, I, I feel like I've said that was the craziest thing five times. Can you compile these at the yeah. end? <laughs> like the nerd table having the the D&D puzzle and the Minotaur thing. And like all of them, though, having the same core concept of you need to get a code that you can mm -hmm. punch into the tablet wall and get a slideshow. And then the slideshow was also geared toward that table and, and those memories. You guys put an incredible amount of thought and effort into the wedding. There's so many points where that party should not have worked. <laughs> <laughs> like? Like, there's no way for you to be able to test all those puzzles to know if they were fun. Or, like, know if this entire script would work, you know? Like, there was really no way. You had to just go in and do it, and then you nailed it. Well, we did have several weekends of puzzle beta testing where we made people mm -hmm. come and try the puzzles because... Mm -hmm. You can't launch a product without having just a little bit of beta testing. Yep. Oh, yeah. You don't want to be doing the tech support on the spot. Every table had a theme based around some moment in our lives. One table was Amanda's prison years. Another was about when we moved in together or the time Amanda almost drowned as a kid. And we made four or five unique puzzles per table. After solving the puzzles, the guests had to input their timeline repair code into a big timeline wall, unlocking these slideshows that were from moments of our lives. 
I made a puzzle for the nerd table with a specially modified Super Mario Brothers game that had a hidden code embedded in a series of question mark blocks. One table had to go on a scavenger hunt around the venue looking for items related to my Harry Potter obsession. And the table with our swing dancing friends had to solve this puzzle, which we're also giving to you. It's puzzle number two. This is what they read verbatim. Encyclopedia Galactica records indicate that Amanda and Chris went swing dancing for the first time shortly after they met. But the details of what they drank and how long they danced have been corrupted. Help repair this time stream moment. The following information is known. After every third dance, Chris ordered an old-fashioned. After every fourth dance, Amanda ordered a Chardonnay. Chris spilled half of every third drink. Amanda and Chris drank a total of nine drinks that night. How many songs did Amanda and Chris dance to? Answer that question, and you have the second half of your answer to unlock the wedding photos. And we've got a few more hints for you coming up. Once everyone had solved the puzzles, we collapsed to the floor, seizuring as our time streams were finally repaired. We asked the artificial intelligence coordinating the evening for sustenance. I asked for Roman cuisine. I asked for future food. So we got future Roman food? <laughs> they brought in galactic spiral pizzas? And after that, we asked for music. So the AI imported a live swing band from the 1920s. Meaning the curtains went up on stage and there were the washboard cutups, an amazing swing band from Seattle who totally played into our theme. Our first dance was to my honey's loving arms. And we did a swing routine that two local dance instructors, Mark and Katie from Swing It Seattle, helped us prepare for. And after that, it became a wild dance party. And then it's like, the T-Rex jumps out, and Napoleon <laughs> jumps out, and like the caveman, and someone with like eyes all over them, and I don't know what they were supposed to be, but it worked. <laughs> um, so yeah, it was, it was really lovely. And I remember that there's plans for a 10-year, even more intense version, and I'm fucking stoked for that. It was an amazing night, and it couldn't have happened without so many people helping us, from our friends and family to total strangers. It's primarily because of that help that we want to share the joy of that day with all of you. And we're sorry to make you jump through these puzzling hoops to see some wedding photos. But given the trauma of having tabloids invade our wedding, we don't want to give them a scrap of free content. And if we were to put these photos on Instagram, they would be legally able to embed them in their own stories, framing them however they desire, earning ad revenue by exploiting us. So we are making it just a little bit difficult and hopefully a little fun, giving you a taste of the puzzling our wedding guests did. If you solve the puzzles, please don't 
post the answers. That said, just a few more hints. For puzzle number one, the five-letter word you're looking for also appears in the very first line of the poem The Move in the Cardio Tesseract. And for puzzle number two, you should know that I'm a lightweight. Two drinks get me tipsy, and I was double tipsy that night. Solve the two puzzles and combine the answers into a phrase. The answer to the first puzzle followed by the answer to the second puzzle. No spaces. That is your password. Visit knoxrobinson.com slash last fun thing to enter your answer and see some of our wedding madness. Thanks for joining us for this bonus episode of Labyrinths. Stay tuned for season two. In the meantime, find us on Instagram at Knox at E-M-C-E-E underscore carbon. At knoxrobinson.com, where you'll also find links to our book, The Cardio Tesseract. And please subscribe, rate, and review us. We never got a honeymoon because the pandemic hit. We'd love to go to a five-star resort called Apple Reviews of Labyrinths. <laughs> so corny. <laughs> <laughs> and if you've had or are planning a crazy fun wedding, tell us about it. We'd love to hear it. This episode was written by us, edited and sound designed by Chandler Mays, with theme music by Josh Budo Karp. <laughs>